Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Over the next hour, you'll have the opportunity to listen to Cynthia Hyatt, an internationally recognized therapist and life management expert in private practice with offices in Phoenix and Scottsdale. As a captivating communicator, Cynthia engages, energizes, and inspires her audiences to become all God created them to be. For more information on Cynthia's diverse background, log on to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. Now, here's Cynthia. Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and always, I'm so glad that you're with me today. I have a very special guest with me today. This is a new friend that I have just made the acquaintance of. We were at an event together, and I saw this huge book table of so many books, and a beautiful woman named Sharon Janes, and my husband and I went up and met her, and I was able to talk with her a little bit, and I'm so excited about just the information that she had. And and Sharon, I'm so glad you're on the air, and I'm going to introduce you a little bit. Um, she is an international and inspirational speaker and Bible teacher for women's conferences and events, which is where I met her. She's also an author of several books, and I'm going to have her on two more shows, so we're really excited to have her three times. And she has a book called Becoming the Woman of His Dreams, Becoming a Woman Who Listens to God, and we, she has a couple more that we're going to also talk about today. So she has a husband, Steve, and then she has one grown son, Stephen, and she is from North Carolina. So Sharon, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here today. Thank you, Cynthia. It's so good to be here. Well, I'm really excited about this book because, you know, um, I'm a relationship expert, and that's kind of what my life's work is. And I do a lot of seminars about gender and understanding men, understanding women, and so this book that you have written, Becoming a Woman of His Dreams, is really very timely. So kind of give us an idea, an overview of this book for listeners so they can kind of know what we're going to be unpacking today. Okay. Well, let me, let me tell you why I wrote the book. I, I think, Cynthia, um, when, when I got married, I, I didn't come out of a home that had a mom and dad that had a great relationship. So when I got married, I didn't really have a role model in my own home. I had some role models out in the Christian community that I that I watched and that I looked at, and I tried to model our marriage after. But then as I started working in ministry, started getting emails from women, the, the predominant email that I got was on marriage difficulties. And people are struggling. You probably found that in your practice, that, that marriage is hard for folks. Yes, indeed. Yes. So, um, you know, I started putting down some thoughts on, um, how to have a great marriage, and then I thought, well, what better way to find out what a man really wants than to ask the man? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, what put, a novel uh, concept, right? I know. <laughs> they what they want. And um, what, I put a, a survey out on, um, there was Promise Keepers at the time, and I had it on their website. And I, had I love that on idea. Their and um, then when I would speak, I would hand out these surveys for women to give to their husbands, and I had it on my website. So I started gathering all these questionnaires and surveys from men all across the country, and then I sat down with those surveys and started making categories of what the men were looking for in a, in a, in a wife. And really, they they were so similar. I mean, and I kept seeing mainly six qualities that, that kept popping out, and I have arranged the book with the word praises as the acronym from 
the verse in Proverbs 31 that says her husband praises her, saying. So the, the seven qualities are she prays for him, R, she respects him, A, she adores him, I, she initiates intimate friendship with him, F, S, she safeguards her marriage, E, she encourages him, and the last S, which is actually the last section in this book, but probably the first idea in a lot of the men is that she sexually fulfills him. Right, so, right. So um, those are the, the seven sections. And I, I say six because I start out with praise for him because what I realized in my own life, I can't do any of these other six unless I'm praying first. That's great so insight. prayer was not number one on the surveys, it has to be number one for us women as we begin to, to be a good wife and the wife God wants us to be. I think that's amazing. I mean, I really, I'm excited that you that you really research this because a lot of times we kind of have a tendency to want to pray that they that men are going to want from us or like something about us that we want them to want. Right. That somehow comes back toward us, and you know, not because we're just terribly selfish people, but that's just how humans are, and we have such different needs as men and women that sometimes it's hard to understand really what a man needs. And and sometimes it's a lot more simple than we think. Right. And I, I think, too, that it was just very telling, Cynthia, at the, the last question on the survey, it says, if I use your comments in my book, do you want me to change your name? Like 99% said yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was very telling. Because yes. I think, you know, if a lot of times if a, if a man does reveal his heart and what he really wants, um, he's, been, he's been shut down because of it. And um, it hasn't turned out well for him. Well, you know, yes. They tend to keep it to themselves. Well, because they really have a need for success. And so they always are afraid that what they're going to say is wrong. Right. Even if it, even if it is just their heart and what they really need and what they really desire, they're so worried that it's going to, we're going to look at it, tear it apart, tell them all the reasons that that's not really it or why we can't do it and why we can't do it because maybe they're not doing something for us. Right. That they have a tendency to not not share, right? They shut down. They do grab the remote, and um and part of that, which I get into in a, in one of the sections, is um just the way we communicate, you know, with our husbands and when we communicate, and um a lot of times the way we say things to them will will shut them down. So it's just very important for us to to know how a man thinks. Um, well, so I think I think you know, that, and I think that comes back to prayer. You know, in really saying to God, I really need help making sure that my intentions are really for him and that I really do want to meet his needs. And it isn't just meeting his needs so my needs are met. You know, we can be selfless in many ways with children. But when it comes to our husbands, I think we have a really hard time sometimes not thinking that they're the resource and they should have all this available for us and why aren't they giving it to us? And one thing that I constantly say is, a good husband makes a poor God. Yeah. Oh, and, my goodness. And so we do not need to be expecting from our husbands what God is meant to give us. And I think that's really where we women fall short. And we think that the husband's supposed to meeting, be meeting needs that God is supposed to be meeting in our lives. I think that's really well said because so many times when we look at men as the spiritual leader and want them to be the spiritual leader. We somehow then think they're in a one-up position and they're God to us and God flows through them for us. 
instead right. of realizing that they're just a human too. They're struggling just as much or more as we are, and they need just as much help as we need. Right. You know, um, Cynthia, when um, I wrote this book several years later, I wrote another book called Praying for Your Husband from Head to Toe. And I mentioned this in Becoming the Woman of His Dream, but then I realized I didn't say enough about it. So I dedicated a whole book just to that one topic of praying for your husband. And one thing I say in the beginning of the book, which is just what you said, that as we begin to pray for our husbands, it's not for them to become the men that we want them to be or the man that needs to meet my needs, but we need to be praying for our husbands to be all that God wants them to be. And one of the best ways I know to get myself and my desires and my wants out of that equation is to pray scripture over my husband. So I am just praying God's word over him and not interjecting what, you know, not telling God how to fix him. (laughs) Um, So that's what I've done in the book, Praying for Your Husband from Head to Toe. And what that means is I've, I've written about praying, what does your husband think about, starting at the top? Praying for his mind, what he thinks about, for his eyes, what he looks at. Praying for his mouth and the words he speaks, his ears and what he listens to, his shoulders and the burdens that he bears, his arms, which represents his strength, his hands, which is the work of his hands, his, his, his um, job that he has, and he'll be successful in it. For his ring finger, which is your marriage. Uh, for his heart, who and what he loves. For his back, praying for his protection. And then praying for his side. And, and when I pray for my husband's side, I pray for relationships and who he walks side by side with in life. And then pray for his legs, what he stands on, what he stands for. And pray for his knees, his humility, and, his, and as he humbles himself before God each day. And then praying for his sexuality and praying for his feet, the path that he takes. So each day when I pray for my husband, I pray scripture in those key areas. I call them landmarks. Um, so when I pray scripture over them, and then the, you know, the book, Pray for Your Husband from Head to Toe, has 30 days of scripture in each one of those areas. See, when I'm praying scripture over him, I'm getting myself out of the equation. And I'm just praying that he'll be who God wants him to be. And when you pray in God's word, you know you're praying God's will. And I think as a wife, that's one of the most important things we can do for our marriages. I th- I'm I'm amazed. That is so creative and so inspired. It's very actually it's very moving when when you really just dialed it down to all those just thinking of it physically and what that means because men are so physical, you know, and their bodies are so um they rely on their bodies so much and when they can't trust their body, it's very very difficult for them, you know, if they get sick or if they're injured. And so it's really a great way to look at how we can support and pray for them. I, I, I love that. We're going to have to do a show on that one. Okay. I love I, that. <laughs> you know, when we think about the Lord's Prayer even, God, I, I don't think Jesus was telling us that these are the words that you were supposed to pray. I think he was giving us a pattern of prayer. I agree. I totally you agree. Pray, you praise God, you thank God, then you petition God. And that's what praying for your husband from head to toe is. It's just a pattern. And once you get into it and once you practice it for 30 days, then it just becomes second nature. And it's just a pattern, nothing magical about it, but just a pattern of praying scripture. Well, and I think it also creates a fondness that sometimes gets lost in our day-to-day interaction. But we are here on a break. So we are going to come back with Sharon James, and she is um, talking with us today about becoming the woman of his dreams. And I'm really excited about how creative her ideas are. And 
And the book, what the book offers, and she was also giving us that wonderful explanation of the other book that she has, and that is um, Praying for Your Husband from Head to Toe. And I love that idea. So um, Sharon's books are available um, on Amazon, ebook, CBD, many, many different places. You can also just look her up and Google her or go to her um her website, which is SharonJanes.com, and I want to spell that name because her last name is Janes, which is J-A-Y-N, as in Nancy, E-S.com. And so thank you for joining me today. Make sure that if you have not been able to listen to the show, and if you can't listen to the rest of it, you can go to my website at CynthiaHyatt.com and listen to the entire podcast. I think you're going to really enjoy it. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia, 1360 KPXQ, Faith Talk Radio. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you are joining me today with author Sharon Janes, and that is spelled J-A-Y-N as in Nancy E-S. And this book that we are doing today is a book she's written called Becoming the Woman of His Dreams, and I'm really excited about it. One, because it's just a great book, but also the amount of research that went into it. So Sharon, thank you again for being with us this, um, this hour. And talking about this book, and we were kind of talking off air a little bit about the whole respect issue for men and what that really means. So I'm sure when you did all this research, it was part of understanding what respect means to a man. Mm -hmm. I I love this quote. This one man wrote back and he said, this sounds like a country song. Um, I've been shut up, shot down, shut down, ridiculed, disregarded, overlooked, overbooked, and overwhelmed. I know I was made for a reason. I know that in God's eyes I count. I simply want to find someone who believes in me. And I thought, oh, that sounds wow. so good. Yes. But, um, but what, what he's saying is I need somebody who believes in me and who respects me. And it's hard for us women to sometimes understand that, but the Scripture is very clear when it's talking in, uh, to, to men and women, husbands and wives. It says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church, and wives, respect your husbands. So if a woman thinks about just how much she longs for her husband to love and adore and cherish her, that is how much the husband wants the wife to respect him. It's just how God made him, and they really long for us to respect him. And and respect, okay, what does that really mean? Right, right. You know, Webster, let's, let's look at that, because... Webster says special esteem or consideration in which one holds another person or esteem. The state or quality of being esteemed to feel or show consideration to. And even that, I don't think that really clears it up very well. But but respect just to, to a husband is, you know, I like the person who that, that you are. I believe in you. I'm not going to try to usurp you to ha- always have a better idea. Um, and a lot of women have told me that you know, in the in this section in the book, I have a list of um, ways to respect your husband, and um, this list kind of really helped bring it home. And I, I know it's not always great to read lists on the radio, but but here's something. I mean, just when I talk about this, I think it'll help you understand. Okay. Yes. Help the listeners understand what respect is. But one way, and this you know, I'm coming, I'm doing this from the men's perspective and what they said. 
one way to show respect is to not talk down to your husband or to not talk badly about your husband to others. And that is something that women fall in that trap very often. They'll get around other women and talk bad about their husbands. And one of the worst things we can do to show disrespect is to talk bad about our husbands in front of other people. Absolutely. And um, and that that will just tear him down. Now, if you want to see that husband grin from ear to ear, say something nice about him um, in front of other people that they can hear or in front of the children. That will really build him up. Um, another way we show disrespect is to ignore his wishes, um, to ignore his requests, or to laugh at his mistakes. Nobody likes to have their mistakes laughed at. But for a man, it just shows a, such a disrespect. And as, as you and I were talking off air before we came on to this segment, they um, they really need to feel like you know, they're strong. They're strong physically and they're strong mentally. And they don't like the mistakes pointed out. And when we do that as women and as wives, whether it's something simple like we don't like the way that they unloaded the dishwasher. I mean, just something simple. Right, right, you know, exactly. Them, you know, we're just pointing out a mistake maybe, but to them it says disrespect. You don't respect me, so you're pointing it out. Um, when we compare them to other men, we're showing disrespect. Um, when we speak sarcastically, roll our eyes, when we always have a better idea. Now, to them, that says disrespect, and that's something that's hard for us to understand. Like, for example, if you, you know, something as simple as, you know, where you're going to dinner, with the wife, if they make a suggestion and the wife always has a better idea about anything. Right. Um, if you've always got a better idea, um, you know, to them, that says disrespect. You don't respect their decisions. And you know what will happen many times in that situation? And most women do want to have intimate relationships with their husbands and friendships. And I'm not talking just on a sexual level, but to share with their husbands. But if we continually have a better idea, we're continually cutting them down, what's going to happen is the man is just going to shut down. He's going to give the remote, sit in front of a television, where nobody's going to argue with him or question his decisions. And when we respect our husbands and the way that we talk to them, the things that we say to them, that encourages them to want to have that intimate friendship and relationship with the wife. Well, I think it's really hard, you know, for women to do this whole respect issue many times, especially if they have husbands that are floundering or struggling or not, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever it is that's going on in their life. And what I always say to women is once you start respecting a man, they rise to the occasion. It's very rare when there's a man that doesn't respond very quickly to respect. And so it's kind of this idea of I'm wanting to see this, th- th- my husband the way God sees him. And, and God is seeing him through the eyes of Christ and seeing him as a person in process, person that's progressing, a person that God is really very committed to the good work he started in him. And you and I, Sharon, we need to trust that. And it's hard for us as women to trust that God is doing a good work. We need to, I hate to say this, but we need to worry about ourselves. <laughs> I, know, <more. laughs> I know, I know, uh, and, and, you know, in Becoming the Woman of Streams, I tell a story about a friend of mine and how she, I watched her destroy her marriage, and it just broke my heart. But the main way that she destroyed her marriage was by disrespecting her husband with the words that she spoke to him. Right, exactly. And she, he was in process. He changed jobs often, almost yearly, 
but he always provided for the family. But that's not what she wanted. She right. wanted to have one job for his whole life. And she began to disrespect him. She actually began to not take care of herself physically. She let her own appearance go. And to a lot of men, that's a, a sign of disrespect. Absolutely. That you don't care about yourself. And men are visual. I mean, God created them to be visual creatures. And when a woman lets go of her appearance and doesn't care, it says to him that she doesn't care about me. Well, she let herself go. She sank into a depression, just cutting him down with her words. And she thought, now this is a Christian marriage. Right. And she thought, you know, he's a Christian. He can take it. He's not going to leave. And after about 10 years of it, he, he did leave. And they got a divorce. Wow. And then after about a year of being divorced, the Holy Spirit just woke her up and said, is this what you wanted? Is this what you wanted to do to your marriage and to your husband? Is this how you want your children raised? being taken back and forth. And um, this woman ended up going to um, some divorce recovery. Mm -hmm. She went to some counseling. She got herself healthy again. And she began to see how she had destroyed her marriage with her words and made a decision that she was never going to show disrespect to her husband again. And she, she, of course, wanted their marriage back together. But he said, you know, that's that's great. I'm glad you're taking care of yourself. God's right. going to work in you, but I am moving on. Right. But she continued to pray for that man and use her words in a positive way. And he actually said one day, Cynthia, why am I so great all of a sudden? <laughs> and she said, because now I see you as the man created God. And so if we did that, if we did that without exactly. having to go through divorce and begin to see our husbands as God created them to be, you know, we would see them differently. Well, the good news in our closing seconds here, this segment, is that they did get back together. Their marriage was restored. Oh, I'm so glad and, to hear that. And yeah. now we are here we're at a hard break. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment with Sharon Janes. We are talking about her book Becoming the Woman of His Dreams. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you are joining me today with author Sharon Janes, and her book is Becoming the Woman of His Dreams. And I love the research that went into this and just how many great ways of looking at this whole issue of how do we really become the woman that he is dreaming of. And so if you're not able to hear this entire show, you can always go to my website at CynthiaHyatt.com and listen to the show as a podcast, and you can hear it in its entirety. So Sharon, um, her books are also on Amazon, and they're ebooks and CBD, but you can really find a gr- all of the books that she does on SharonJanes.com, and I want to spell her last name for you. It's J-A-Y-N-E-S.com. So Sharon, thank you so much for joining us again. We have a half hour left with you. Awesome. So we hey, want to make right. sure we get all of it. Okay. <laughs> So talk to us about, you know, this idea of romance and feeling adored, because women really want that. But tell us about how men feel about that. We do. Now, that was a surprise. Someone asked me, what what was one of the surprises that you saw when you interviewed these hundreds of men for the book? And that was a surprise to me, because we know we girls like it. I yes. Mean, we're, we're all about the romance <laughs> part. But, um, you know, they wanted to be romance, too. And um, they wanted to be appreciated in one of the ways that, we can show them that we appreciate them is to take a little time to, to set up some romance um, in our lives. Um, 
One man said, I wish that my wife understood how hard I work for my family to provide for them. He said, I long for more physical attention, hugs, hand-holding, sitting close. And then one man said, the woman of my dreams is one who treats me like the king of my castle, yet still knows that she is the queen and not afraid to confront me when she sees that I need some direction, one that gives me some admiration and romance. So continually they would say, that, that they wanted to be romance too. You know, one thing I encourage women to do, I have a little ebook called the 14 Day Romance Challenge, is just to set aside 14 days and see if you can keep it up for 14 days and just romance it. And it, and it can be just little things like putting a sticky note on the bathroom mirror, I love you so much, or writing it with soap on the shower door, or you know, just little things like that, putting a chocolate kiss in his, his pocket. Um, just little ways to let your husband know that you are thinking about him um, on any particular day. I think that's really powerful. And, you know, the one um, note that you made about the man that wants, you know, sit close, hand, holding hands, you know, some of that physical affection. And one of the things that I frequently tell women is I remind them that where else is a man going to be touched if he's a man? And that is right. by his wife. And really, we don't want him touched by other people because, you know, other women especially. And and when you recognize the fact that, you know, men don't really, they kind of give each other a hug, a side hug, or they kind of punch each other in the arm. They go, yeah, hey, how's it going? Pat on the back. But there isn't anywhere that men actually get affection other from us, other than from us. And that stops at about the age of about six or seven. That's when they kind of want to be a big boy. And they don't want to be kissed anymore. They don't want to sit in their mom's lap anymore. And so men are really craving that affection, which gives tons of endorphins, you know, unloads oxytocin, which creates so much bonding when you're willing to do it. And it helps their immune system, everything. Mm-hmm. It does. And, um, affection, um, adoration, I call it the triple-A club um, I love, of I marriage. Love that. <laughs> you know, but just, you know, little things, you know, having a special song, send them a fax at work, they have the fax machine at their own office. Um, you know, flirting with your husband, you exactly. know, eating by candlelight, um, taking ballroom dance class together. Um, just there's so many very simple things that you can do. Send them a thank you note for something special that they did for you. Um, so much of that um, just really lights them up. And, you know, that leads perfectly into the, the very last section of the book, um, which is sexually fulfills him. And um, I think we maybe need to talk about that in the next or after the next. I think that's break. a that's good. A, that's a longer discussion. <laughs> that's a long, and that's a good teaser to tell people we're yeah. going to talk about sex in the next segment. So I, right. I but, love you know, that. What, you know, what if you don't? Um, you don't. You're just not feeling it. You know, you're just not feeling it. And I think about um, in, in the book Revelation when uh, John was writing about the Revelation about the Church of Ephesus, Ephesus and he said, "You've lost." your first love. What did he tell them to do? He told them to remember and return. And sometimes that's what we need to do. We need to remember what drew us to our husbands in the first place and return to that. And romance is a great place to do it. I think that's really powerful because there's so much power in the way we think and what we can produce just in our whole perspective based on what we are, what we are thinking about and thinking on. You know, and God is very clear about telling us what to think on. And we really, many times, women, we need to reshift our focus and think on good things about our husbands and really choose to think on good things. And, and so we're coming up here on, the, on this um, break, 
And we have one more segment with Sharon Janes. So I really want to encourage you to come back and join us again. And if not, visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. Also look at my Facebook page, like my Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Inc. That's INC for Incorporated. Lots of inspirational, motivational things on that page. And join me again. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you are joining me here at 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk Radio. Thank you for being with me today. And we have Sharon Janes with us, author of Becoming the Woman of His Dreams. And you can find her at SharonJanes.com, and that is J-Y-J-A-Y-N-E-S.com. And she has many, many books, and we're going to have her on a couple of more shows in the future, so I'm excited about that. So, Sharon, thank you. And this last segment I'm kind of excited about. I think it'll be very helpful. <laughs> yeah. This is when all the guys are waiting to hear. Exactly. <laughs> they're, all, they're telling their, their wives, come and listen to this show right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, we looked so far, we have looked at, in our time together, we looked at that seven qualities that every man longs for is the subtitle of the book. So we've looked at how to pray for your husband, and we looked at praying for your husband from head to toe, and praying scripture over him from what he thinks about in his mind to his feet, the path he takes. We also looked at respect and how important that is to a man and and what respect actually looks like. And then in our last section, we looked at how we can our husbands want to be romanced. They actually want us to show them that we still adore them. They've got what it takes. And what um, we're not going to have time to talk about but just touch on is that he wants to have intimate friendships. Um, this has nothing to do with, with sex in this part, but just he wants to be friends. He wants to have a good time. And if you think about the dating days, you know, he did have a good time. He did fun things. And then the next thing you know, you're taking care of a house, taking care of exactly. kids, work, coming home, and it's not fun anymore. So he wants to have fun with his wife. Um, then there's another S here. It says safeguards their marriage, and that means keeping the marriage first above the kids and above in-laws and the outlaws and just making sure that, um, the marriage is the number one earthly priority in all the relationships that he has, that you both have. And then there's the E that stands for encourages him, and that's helping your, you know, your man's dreams come true, and just encouraging him to be all that God wants him to be, and help him to um, just accomplish what he needs, he wants to accomplish in life. So now we get to that final S, and that sexually fulfills him. And you know what? It might be the final section in this book. But for a lot of men, it is the first section. Exactly. Didn't book. you tell me when, when we met that your husband said, why didn't you start with that one? Yeah. And I said, <laughs> because I want them to like me. <laughs> and so sometimes it has to build up to this. So, That's um, funny. Yeah, it is very key. It's right. It's really neck and neck with respect. I yes. couldn't um, really, um, you know, I say respect's number one, but this is just right there with it. And, you know, as, as a man, this is just so important. And. We need to remember that God made them that this way. That's right. This is how God created him. And one thing I do is I go back through and actually have the woman visualize God creating her husband and the meticulous oh, that's good. hair that's good. that he went to to make all that went into that sexual part of his being. I mean, he went through a lot of trouble. That's right. That. That's right. That's great <laughs> insight. That is. Uh, and for both of us, mm-hmm. for man and for woman. So, and just visualize that God doing that, he did it for a reason. And then he said, it is good. 
when he finished. That's right. And, um, and one thing I want to encourage women, and so many times that if they've been married for a while, they, they see it as an obligation. You know, I've got to do my wifely duty. Oh, that just makes me cringe. I know, I but know. But when you have that attitude, the husband knows. And that is and, disrespectful. Yes, and it is disrespectful. But it would be like this, Cynthia. If your husband came home from work, and it was your anniversary, and he handed you a dozen roses, and he said, you know, today's our anniversary. I know I'm supposed to buy you roses. I honestly think it's a waste of money. But here, here are your roses. Hope you enjoy them. Right, exactly. You would not enjoy that. Exactly. You would, you would want to throw them in the trash can. Mm-hmm. You'd rather and he yet, never did it to begin with. Right. And so many wives approach the marriage bed that way. That, you know, I don't really want to do this, but I know I have to. And that's how they approach it. And even though... The song may be sung at the end, but he will not be fulfilled in his heart. That's right. That's so right. what is fulfillment for a man when he, sexual fulfillment for a man, he is fulfilled when he thinks the wife is fulfilled, when he knows the wife is fulfilled. And if he knows that she's enjoying this and that she wants this to be a part of their lives, then that makes him fulfilled. So it's more than the act itself that's going to fulfill a husband in that area. It's the attitude that the wife has that will help him feel fulfilled. Well, it's, it's, hard, it's hard for women to understand that men see this as a gift they are giving us and that this is one of the best things they think they could ever give us. And they want to see, you know, they might, we don't know what they go through at work each right, day. Right. If they can't feel like they're king of the boardroom, at least they can feel like they're king of the bedroom. That's right. And it, nothing will build them up more than to let them know that they are a great lover. <laughs> I mean, they want to know that. That's right. That's right. And see, what's hard is, you know, when when I start to give a lot of this information or if I teach on this, a lot of times I, I get some feedback like, oh, you're just so traditional. And I many times say to people, well, one of the reasons traditions become traditions is because they work. And so this is just the hardwiring of humans. And, and we can fight it and hate it and, and try to change it, but this is eye color. We are not going to change this. And we need to expect it, respect it and accept it and rejoice in what God has made. And the thing is, Cynthia, if God made, man, made your husband this way, this is a, something that, that he desires. Right. You don't want him going somewhere else. That's right. With that desire or going unfulfilled. So it is a gift that we give our husband. It's almost, I mean, it, it is a gift. I mean, it is a gift by fulfilling him and it recharges his battery. Like That's you right. mentioned in an earlier segment, just the touching and the hand holding creates endorphins. Right. And this all the more, and it just makes them healthier. It, well, it does <laughs> because it, it affects our immune system, it causes there to be bonding and attachment. And, and one of the things I tell women that always happens, if you are having regular sex with your husband, they are always kinder and gentler. They are. Always. They are. They will. And, and a man Overall, that is actually yes. fulfilled, he will jump with joy to stop by the grocery store. Well, he'll move. He will. He'll, <laughs> that's right. He'll move heaven and earth because he so yes. wants. Then he wants to serve more. When he is feeling, when, when sexual fulfillment is occurring in a marriage, and I'm not saying it has to be perfect every time, but when there is effort and when there's positive intention and there's respect and there's love that goes into it, 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 it really fixes a whole bunch of stuff 
that that I say to people, you wouldn't have to come to therapy as long as if if we could just get this piece in order. Correct. It really fixes so many things. Mm-hmm. It really it's the someone said it was the the glue of a marriage, it and is. then I heard someone else say it's the super glue of marriage. That's right, That's and it, right. and it really is. And and I always you know, I caution women to you know I, I, there's a chapter called the right and fright of refusal. Um, if you are exhausted. If this is really not a, a good time for you, because honestly, women are women are like a crock pot, and men are like a microwave right. when it comes to this whole sex thing. <laughs> so, exactly. <laughs> so we have to think about it a little bit and kind of work right. up to it. There, right. they can come off of working eight hours, putting new shingles on a roof in 120 degree temperature, and and be ready to go. Exactly. But um, but we have to think about it. We have to prepare. And if that's you know even mark it on your calendar. That sounds horrible to a lot of people, but you know what? We we mark on our calendar when it's time to get our hair cut. When it's, um, right. All these things that we want to do, yes. Say, you know, on this day, I'm going to think about it. I'm going to prepare myself mentally. There's nothing wrong with that. If you need to go ahead and start that crock pot in the morning, you know, just know that you're thinking about it. But if you are exhausted and you are tired and you just really, it is just not going to be a good time, just be so careful to to frame that in a good way, like, honey, I am so exhausted, but I tell you what, if you come home early tomorrow, then we're going to have a great night together. You know, just doing it in a positive way and not, again, just putting him down. Well, and understanding they, how personal they can take it without even, and and we don't think they might take it that personally. And I always say to women, if you promise it, really be careful about promising it and not following it through. Because that's one of the most hurtful things for a man is that he says, oh, okay, then it's going to be tomorrow night. And it affects his whole entire day. He's excited about the whole day, and he comes home, and it's a huge disappointment. Right. So we have to be really, we have to be certainly very careful about that. Mm-hmm. And we can get creative. And I think when we get creative, it's just kind of, you know, creating a lovely atmosphere, you know, with candles and, you know, maybe a spritz of um, perfume on the on the sheets or something like that. It just... And mm-hmm. that, when when you put forth that effort before, it helps you. Uh, That's helps right. The woman. To, That's right. Um, well, and I think the hardest thing, you know, I always say to women, rarely have I heard a woman say that she was sorry that they that they en- ended up having sex that night or making love. It, it's the precursor of maybe talking yourself out of it. But rarely are they, you know, they're always glad they did it. And so we right. really need to remind ourselves, you know, this is a good thing that God has given it's a good thing for me, it's a good thing for him, it's a good thing for us, and it actually is a good thing for our kids because it changes the dynamics of our home. Right. And it makes our home more peaceful and more loving. And Cynthia, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I was not raised in a Christian home. I was raised in a home where there was a lot of arguing and fighting, there was a lot of alcohol in my home, and uh, my parents did not like each other. And as a child, we had all of our physical needs were met, We had lots of nice things, lived in a beautiful home in a beautiful neighborhood. But as a child, what I longed for more than anything was to know that my parents loved each other. Exactly. And that that was the need of my heart. And I know there are a lot of families out there that are working so hard to try to provide material things for their children. And listen, they don't care about that. They might say they want those things, but what they want more than anything in the world is to know that their parents love each other and that they have the security of living in a home that's going to stay together. Well, that it, is my goal in life. And see, not- you're so right, because I, when I'm talking to clients about this, I say, you know, the primary p- 
place a child gets self-concept and value is how you feel about each other. And so when we have children from, you know, zero to 12 that are really seeing how much their parents like each other, they then feel liked, they feel loved. When it comes to then in, in adolescence, wanting more of those material things, their, their needs or, or their desires are more realistic. The better their self-concept is, the less they need external things to promote, to prop them up. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, when my, my husband's parents just had the, the greatest marriage, and I remember watching them on their 60th wedding anniversary, and I thought, that's what I want. You know, I want to to run the race well and to, to have a marriage that just surrounded by, by family, that I've been a good influence, that I've, I've had a great marriage for them to emulate. And I realized that that doesn't happen just because one person wants it, that it really does take two, it takes three really, to have um, a husband and wife that love each other and to have a Christ-centered marriage. Because I truly believe that I could not love my husband the way I should if it was all dependent on my own ability and my own trying. I have to depend on God um, to give me the strength and the ability. As a matter of fact, on my wedding day, as I sat in front of that bridal mirror and I thought, doesn't every bride feel this way on her wedding day? She's so excited and so full of hope. And I decided I was going to do everything within my power to have a good marriage. But Cynthia, it wasn't long before I realized that in my power was a problem and that I couldn't do it on my own, that I was going to have to be a woman of prayer and a woman of God to be able to meet my husband's needs and to, to have a good marriage. And I think that if I didn't have Jesus in my life, I would be so self, more self-focused. You know, I feel like I'm selfish anyway, but I'd be right. more so in not being able to focus on him if I didn't have um, God help. Well, this, this has been so powerful today and so helpful. And I'm really excited about this book and the next two that I think that we're doing. I think we're doing I'm Not Good Enough and Other Lies That Women Tell Themselves. And we are also doing... Um, your scars are beautiful to God. So Sharon, thank you so much for being here today. Tell us again how we can find you and and how we can get more of your books. I'd just love for you to come visit me on my website, and that's SharonJanes.com, and it's S-H-A-R-O-N. My last name's a little tricky. It's J-A-Y-N, as in Nancy, E-S.com. There's lots of free stuff, lots of free resources there you can print out, and it just has um, a lot of blogs and Thank you so much. Well, this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me today. And Jeremy, thank you for being the best producer ever. This is 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk Radio. Join me next week. Listeners with ideas and insights about how to become your own best version. Cynthia is available as a keynote or guest speaker for corporate or spiritual events. To contact Cynthia, go to CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, You can hear a replay at any time at faithtalk1360.com. Join us again next Sunday at 4 p.m. for Conversations with Cynthia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ.